So this is the Sunday where, uh, if you're a visitor, we know you're not a Packers fan. <laughs> this is the ground rules. No one say the score because we're all recording it, all right? You're going to mess up a lot of people's day if you talk about it. I want to welcome you. My name's Brandon. I'm the lead pastor out here at uh, Alliance Church Hortonville. If this is your first time here, I just want, I want to say welcome. There's not too many things more awkward than checking out a new church. And uh, I, I sincerely hope that by the time you leave these doors, it'll feel just a little bit less awkward, all right? Uh, my question this morning is, what is the point of prayer? What's, what's the, like, um, is there a wrong way? What does it look like to miss the point? Can you pray wrong? Can you, are there good prayers? Are there better prayers? Are there bad prayers? I, I don't know. I've, interestingly, I've, I've heard people say, uh, you know, I tried prayer and it, it didn't work. <laughs> and I always want to say, well, it's not a vacuum cleaner. Uh, it's not some tool that you plug in and get a result. It's not the point. But what is the point of prayer? Here's the deal, the, the point of prayer, we can find it if we understand uh, why, why we're praying, our motive behind it. The point of prayer is to know God. With almost anything, why you're doing it is just as important as what you're doing. They think about people going to the gym. Um, if you remember all the way back to about 2010, there was a certain phenomenon that took place and uh, it became impossible, I believe. I don't know if it was federal law or what, but you could not go to the gym without posting about it on Facebook. At a certain point, I started to wonder if the gym actually works if you don't post about it. <laughs> but the funny thing is, if any health-related discipline is done just to impress people, you missed the point, didn't you? Or likewise, a lot of charity is done simply to impress people. A lot of, a lot of good things are done because it looks good on a resume or it looks good on social media. But if your charity is done just to make yourself look good, you miss the point of charity, don't you? Uh, we all have probably worked with someone, may have even been this person at a time, uh, at certain times, that work hard only when it's visible. No one likes that guy, <laughs> right? Um, but, but when no one's looking, it's okay to cut corners. If that's the case, then you, you miss the point. I remember my, uh, the first uh, skipper I had, the first captain of the ship I was on in the Navy, Commander H.D. Angelino. He was a solid guy, a good leader. I was, I was probably about 10, 15 yards behind him uh, one, at one day when he was walking across the top deck of my ship. And there's no one else, there's no one else topside, and there's no way he would have known that I was watching him. And I saw him as he's walking along, look down, bend over, pick up a little piece of trash, and then walk it to a wastebasket. And I tell you, for me, as a young, uh, probably 19, 20-year-old sailor, that taught me a lesson. Uh, this guy didn't just do the right thing when people were looking. He didn't do the right thing to impress people. He did the right thing for the right reason. Now, when it comes to prayer, it is very possible 
to essentially do the right thing for the wrong reason. Now, if you understand prayer as an expression of our relationship with God, I think about what what is prayer ultimately? It's us talking to God, communicating. If we uh, if we do it for the wrong reasons, we we really miss the point. Think about it in the terms of any relationship. If you do the right things in a relationship for the wrong reasons, you miss the point. Uh, Think of a a couple that uh, tries to paint a picture of a happy life together, uh, maybe on social media or maybe for the neighbors, but they, they don't actually have, if they don't actually have that happy life together, they miss the point, right? Think of a parent that is fun and encouraging if other people are looking, you know, but when it's them and their kids behind closed doors, maybe they're not fun and encouraging. You miss the point, right? Politicians do this nonsense all the time. They want everyone to believe they got a perfect, you know, perfect family, uh, but if they're not actually a good parent, if they're only a good parent or only a good husband or whatever the case is, to impress people, you miss the point. It's like you don't get the points. Uh, Jesus uh, exposes this same fraudulent use uh, in prayer, and he points us towards something so much better. Jesus, in the passage that we're going to look at here in Matthew chapter 6, is going to expose that if we pray to impress people, boy, we just miss the point. Because prayer, the goal of prayer is ultimately to know God. So I would like to read this passage, Matthew chapter six, verses five and six. And then I want us all to pray together that, and ask God to actually help us get this. That, that examining this text that Jesus spoke, that Matthew recorded, would literally change the way we pray and the way we interact with other people, like this would change our lives. Let's pray and ask God to come and do that work and help us in that way. And then let's examine them closely. And my, my sincere goal is that when you walk out of here, you just, your relationship with prayer is different for the better. So here it is, Matthew chapter six, verses five and six. And when you pray, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Would you pray with me now, church? Uh, so G- Jesus, we, we have just read these words that you spoke so many years ago. Right now, first of all, God, I, I wanna ask you to forgive me of ever using prayer uh, in a way to, to impress people. Forgive us of that, God, we don't, we don't want to be that type of church. Jesus, would you, would you help us get this? Like, we want to be the type of church that genuinely desires to know God. And that when people come through these doors and people know us out in the community and so on, we'd be the type of church that genuinely just wants to help other people know you too. So God, would you, 
would you help us in this way? Would you make us people who pray the way you teach to pray in Jesus' wonderful name? Amen. And so it's important to keep in mind here that Jesus is speaking to a crowd that is a mix of of people who genuinely want to know God, like genuinely love God and want to know how to love him and serve him better. But also there's people in the crowd who are just pretending. And it's, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes, isn't it? And Jesus speaks to, to both of them. And there's a lot in here what he says. But the first thing I want you to see is that in this text, Jesus just assumes that prayer will be a normal part of your life. Note that Jesus says, when you pray, not if you pray. Why is that? Well, here's the deal. Prayer is simply communicating with God. And there's no such thing as a healthy relationship without communication, is there? Can you imagine a marriage where the husband and the wife never speak? Doesn't sound very fun. I don't wanna be in a marriage like that. You don't wanna be in a marriage like that. Now, a husband and wife can go a day without speaking. They'll, they'll survive. But if they string together too many days and those days become weeks or those weeks become months, the relationship is inevitably gonna deteriorate, isn't it? it? It is very clear that the health of the relationship hinges upon the quality of communication. This is the case of any relationship. You, if you want a good friendship with someone, you gotta talk to them. Now, the same is the case when it comes to a relationship with God. So Jesus just assumes if, you're, if you wanna have a relationship with God, you're gonna, you're gonna talk to him. You're gonna communicate with him. That's gonna be a normal part of your life. Second thing I want you to notice here is that Jesus says, if you pray to impress people, you miss the point of prayer. Now, some of this might not seem too revolutionary. <laughs> this might seem kind of elementary, but my goodness, are we prone to get this wrong? I can't tell you how quickly my own self-absorption will seep into my heart the moment I go to pray, especially if other people are around. Jesus says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Who are those people? We don't wanna be like them. Who are they? That word means the actors, the pretenders, the pretentiously pious, the sort of spiritual show-offs. Right? He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Why? For they love Hear that, that Jesus chose that word, they love. Like this is their favorite pastime. This is their bread and butter. They're really good at this. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. Do you see how visible it is? They love to stand, why? So everyone can see them. And they love to do this in the synagogues. That would be a place where there was a gathering much similar to, to this. And that's when they go, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this opportunity to string together a real godly sound in prayer so these people think I am a really godly dude. And not only in the synagogues, but on the street corners. So you, miss, you get the people who are going to church and the people who aren't. And maybe even the, the image should be of someone who 
acts like they are so spiritual, they can't even wait to get to the synagogue. They got to stop and pray halfway in between. The point is, everyone looks at them and goes, wow, that person, they sure are, they sure are holy, they sure are godly, etc." They love to pray in visible places is what Jesus is saying there. And why? Why do they love this? Here's their motive. That they may be seen by others. It's not enough for these guys to pray. They've got to be seen praying. You see, praying in public isn't the issue, is it? It's praying so that you'll be seen by others. It's the real issue. Like Jesus prayed in public. Jesus even commanded his followers to huddle up and pray. Uh, we're, we're supposed to pray together. Absolutely. Um, but what Jesus is pointing out here, that it's the motivation, not the location, that's the issue. It's the why, why you're doing this. The, the hypocrites would, would use prayer just to get people to say, wow, my goodness, that person's godly. I don't know if I could ever be as godly as that guy. Jesus says, oh, this is what, that's what they do. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. You hear what he says there? Congratulations. If the reason you're praying is that so that people will like you or so that people will look up to you, so that people will think much of you, Jesus says, congrats, you did it. You get a gold star for that chart. Like you get exactly what you're hoping for there. People are gonna like you. They're gonna think you're wonderful. They might even feel bad about themselves if you do this right. Congrats, Jesus says. But what's implied there is that it is a sorry consolation prize compared to the reward that the Father has prepared for those who truly love God. We don't want that consolation prize. So if you, if you pray to impress people, you, you, we just miss the point of, of prayer altogether. So the third thing that I want you to see in this passage is that according to Jesus, at least, what's the point of prayer? It's to know God. Why do I say that? Jesus says, but when you pray. Now, there's something missing in the English language. It's, the, it's why we have the word y'all. There's not a plural form that dis, is distinct from uh, the singular form of the second person pronoun. Uh, so, in verse five, you'll, you could translate Jesus as saying, when y'all pray, y'all must not be like the hypocrites. But in verse six, he switches to the individual, even though he's still talking to a crowd. It's almost like he looked one of them right in the eye and said, but when, when you pray, when you, this becomes very personal. When you pray, Here's how I want you to do it. See, the point Jesus is making is that prayer is meant to be deeply intimate. It is a very personal 
experience between the child of God and their father who is in heaven. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. The houses back then had an inner room. They had no windows. He's saying, get in the place where there's no way you could be doing this to impress people. The least public place possible. There's no way that you could do this in this place in a way that adjusts people's image of you. That's how Jesus wants us to pray. See, this is a one-on-one thing. This is between us and God. And he says, what happens when you pray that way and your father who sees in secret will reward you? See, the purest form of prayer is going to God to get God. Nothing else. The purest form of prayer is to get God. The point of prayer is to know God, to have a relationship with the Father. Not even to get his blessings, not even to get his good gifts. It was like, think of, imagine if you had a really, really good dad. Imagine if your dad was just really like world's best dad, like actually was the dad that his coffee mug says. How would you talk to your dad? How would you, if you're having a hard day, how would you talk to him? If you're having a great day, how would you talk to him? If you're having some trouble in a relationship, how would you talk to him? If you just got diagnosed with a very discouraging and and, um, hopeless disease, how would you talk to your dad? You, You call him up. What would you, how would you talk to him? You got, you got the best dad or even your mom. Think about how would you, imagine you had the best mom and you were just uh, leaning up against the island in the kitchen. No one else is around. And whatever you're going through, you're, you're just talking to your mom. See, we are God's children and prayer is simply a conversation between a child and the best parent possible. One of the best prayers you can pray is God, all I I want is you. You're all I want. I, uh, I look forward to when I get to be a grandparent one day if it's the Lord's will. And I can't wait to hang out with my grandkids And I'm gonna waste so much thinking money on those guys. I mean, it's gonna be stupid. I'm gonna waste so much money on my grandkids. Uh, But I really hope that I I, I be a grandpa uh, in the way that they just wanna hang out with me, whether I'm wasting the money or not. That's what prayer's about. Spending time with our Father who is in heaven. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, and pray to the Father. He says, 
your father. This is so intimate. This is so personal. So my question is, is what about you? Uh, do, you do, do you pray? Why do you pray when you pray? Do, do you not pray? Um, why is that? I imagine that uh, there's any number of different um, sets of baggage that we bring in here in this room, all of us gathered together, associated with prayer. People who grew up Catholic, people who grew up Lutheran, people who grew up getting hurt by a church, people who grew up with no church whatsoever. People, we all got different backgrounds and I assume we all have different relationships with prayer, but I just wanna start here. God is a relational God and we are designed to have a relationship with him. And there's no such thing as a good relationship without communication. Would you talk to your father who is in heaven this week? Uh, our church put together this prayer booklet and I've, I've read through it. And I, I gotta say, I, I genuinely believe they did a really darn good job on this thing. Um, I encourage you to, to, to give it a shot and maybe you'll learn about prayer. Maybe you'll discover prayer for the first time or rediscover prayer for the first time. It's a little simple. It'll take about five minutes in the morning and some reflection questions and we'll pray with people in the Bible who prayed. We'll pray alongside Nehemiah. We'll pray alongside Elijah, Jesus, so on and so forth. And I, I think it's really good. Um, I wanna take an example out of uh, this coming week's reading. If you read this, this is the type of uh, stuff that'll be in there. Now, Nehemiah, I believe, is a great example of how Jesus taught to pray in these passages. Why, why do I say that? There's Nehemiah gets news that uh, Jerusalem is just ransacked. There's no wall around. So there's, there's God's people and God's city are totally defenseless. And they're, they're just getting bowled over and, and bowled over. And, uh, and Nehemiah is heartbroken by this. And something has to happen. There needs to be a, a wall of defense built around the city to protect God's city and protect the temple. It's gonna require great resources. It's gonna require a phenomenal plan. It's gonna require really good leadership. It's gonna require grit and perseverance on the behalf of God's people rolling up their sleeves. Uh, a lot is gonna have to happen, but Nehemiah doesn't start by doing. He starts by praying. It says, prayer was Nehemiah's first response, not his last resort. He didn't immediately rush to Jerusalem, nor did he act out in frustration. Nehemiah sat down, wept for days, fasted, and prayed before God. See, Nehemiah was a person of action, a leader. We'll see this in coming chapters. Godly leadership doesn't begin with reaction but with prayer. From this place of prayer, God directs our steps, which we will see as we continue to read Nehemiah. You see, Nehemiah prayed to his father 
who is in secret, and his father who sees in secret rewarded him. Would you give this booklet a shot over the next seven weeks? And here's my challenge to you, church. Let's go to God to get God. Let's pray because we want to know God and love him more. Let's pray because we desire a bigger vision of who he is. Let's pray because we want him to intensify our desire to know him. So here's my challenge. This might sound a little dorky, but just give it a shot. One time this week, get, get alone, get by yourself. You wanna be in a situation where no one's gonna know you're doing this. And set a timer for 20 minutes and just try to pray for 20 minutes. Because here's what'll happen. You'll pray for 10 minutes and you'll do your whole prayer list, do all the stuff you think you should pray for. And then you'll look at the timer and there'll still be 10 more minutes. And you'll go, my goodness, what am I supposed to do for 10 minutes? <laughs> and then you say, all right, God, I guess this is your time now. And I'm willing to bet that it is in that space when you wait on the Lord that he'll put something on your heart that was the thing you're actually supposed to be praying about. That person that you wouldn't have thought needed prayer, God will put them on your heart. Or maybe that thing in your life that you wouldn't have thought needed addressed and God will, God will put that on your heart. Or maybe that piece of encouragement that you didn't even know you needed, maybe that'll, that'll come. But just give it a shot. 20 minutes on the timer. Pray the whole time. All you're doing is making time to waste time with God. That's it. You're just gonna wait. You're gonna hang out with God for 20 minutes. Sound good? All right. If you're able, would you stand? I, I would like to close in prayer now and read a benediction. And then we'll all go watch a game that we've recorded. Uh, Lord, I... It's just uh, so evident how deeply rooted our sin is that we could take something as precious as prayer, this, this high privilege that we have. Who are we? That we would have an audience before the creator of the entire universe. How, how is it that we get a seat in front of your throne and we have your ear? It's only because of what you did on the cross, Jesus. And our sin is rooted so deeply that we would even make that twisted, uh, make it about ourselves. And I ask you to forgive us of that. Um, I'm glad, Lord, that your grace runs a lot deeper. I'm so thankful for you, Jesus. Um, help us to get this right, Lord. Help us to be a church that prays just because we're, we're hungry for you. Just because we're hungry for your presence. It's because we're aware of how much we need you. Make us a church that prays because we are so in love with our Father. And God, as people now wade into the waters of prayer, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, I ask that you would meet them right where they're at. God, that this would be a powerful experiment in prayer. We pray this in Jesus' matchless and powerful name. Amen. And now may the God of peace, 
who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And God's people said, amen. Have a wonderful day, church.